16 weeks exactly. And today's message, Jesus, the rejected stone. Amen. So in today's challenge question for you guys, and you're, it might not make sense right now, but it will towards the end of the, 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 uh, the message, broken or crushed. Okay. You see, what God gave us in life, what he gave Adam and Eve, what he gave every single person on this earth is free will. We choose to serve God or we choose not to serve God. You, when you choose to serve God and his ways and his commands, you're officially born again, you're saved, and you have salvation. Amen? But when you choose not to serve God, you choose your own path, you're going your own way, then you're serving who? Amen. You see, because the Bible says if you're not serving God, you're serving the devil. And if you're serving the devil, you're not serving That's right. Now, you might not be a Satanist. You might not be going there and, and, and doing witchcraft and, and, you know, just partying up or doing whatever it is. You might not be wearing black all the time with your fingernails painted black and being emo and cutting yourself. Okay, you might not be like that. But if you're not serving God, then the truth of the matter is, and don't hate on me. Don't get mad at me. If you're going to get mad at anybody or anything, come on now. It's the word of God. The Bible says that you, if you're not serving God, you're serving. That's right. The devil. And devil's real, just as real as hell is, just as real as heaven is. Amen? So right here, the objective of tonight's message is to reveal the stone that has been overlooked for far too long. That's the objective tonight. So open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 21. And when you get there, let me get an amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and, and uh, go to verse number 33. Amen? All right, what is the title of that passage? Amen. Okay, so verse number 33, listen to another parable. Now, this is Jesus speaking, by the way. Jesus is talking. This is a story, okay? Now, let, let's see here. A parable basically is, uh, for those of you who don't know, is a brief illustrative story that teaches a lesson. So Jesus, when he says, listen to this parable, he's saying, listen to this story, because the story is actually, actually going to teach you something, okay? So if he's telling them that, he's telling us that. Is that right? Amen. So Jesus says, verse 33, listen to another parable. Listen to the story. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and went away on a journey. So let's just put it, try to put it in modern day times because some of you are like, what's a vineyard? What, what is a wine press? What is that? So basically like this, this rich dude came, he saw some property, bought the property, built a house on it, got a swimming pool in the back or something like that and a little a garden, okay? And in order for somebody to keep the garden, he, he, uh, cause he can't live there, he rented it out. So he's renting out his house, he's renting out the pool, he's renting out the garden, okay, to some tenants, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? So they're going to take care of it for him, okay? That's, what, that's what's going on so far. And verse 34, when the harvest time approached, so when the fruit was ready to be picked, he sent his servants to the tenants and, uh, to collect his fruit. So basically he's saying, if you're going to live here, if you're going to leave, live in the, my, my garden or my house, whatever, you're going to have to pick the fruit. And then you're gonna just gonna give it to me, okay? He might he might give him a certain portion or whatever, but that's kind of going outside the story. Just just try to keep a, a realistic mindset right here. I want you guys to really see this and visualize it, okay? So when the harvest came, uh, time approached, he sent servants to the tenants to collect his fruit. Verse 35: The tenants seized seized his servants, so they got him. They captured him. They beat one 
killed one and stoned a third. So they threw big rocks. And look, in the Jewish culture, stoning was really important for some odd reason. It was just up there, okay? They took it very serious. And if you blaspheme God or you just tick them off, they'll stone you. And it wasn't little pebbles. It wasn't anything like this. I'm talking about things like this big. Sometimes they would take get, get a, a stone so big that only two men could carry it and throw it on you. That's called stoning. That's what they did, okay? So when they, so what did they do? They seized the servants. They beat one. They killed another. And they stoned a third, crushing them with rocks. Verse 36, then he sent other servants to them, more than the first time. The tenants treated them the same way. Last of all, he sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to each other, this is a here. Meaning this is the son, this is like, like if the father dies, he, he owns this property now. He sees like, this is a here. Come, let's kill him. And take his inheritance. So they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. And back then in the Jewish culture, if a man owned a property and then he died and there, he doesn't have any kids or anybody to give it to, then it's up for grabs basically. And they're like, dude, if we kill the son and the, the tenant, the owner's already old man, dude, we got his property for sure. So what did he, they saw the son and they killed him. Verse 40, therefore when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will, he, what will he do to those tenants? Now he's asking the Jewish people. Jesus is asking the people he's talking to now. And who he's talking to exactly are Pharisees, Sadducees, uh, uh, Jewish leaders, teachers, okay? These are called, um, yeah, just teachers of the law, the Jewish culture. And he's asking them. So, therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? What do you guys think? Kill them? Is that what you think? What do you think? kill him, right? Because he killed his son, he killed his servants. Is that what you're thinking? Okay, right? Most likely the case. Verse 41, he will bring those wretches to a wretched end, they replied. That's what the people said. And he will rent the vineyard to other tenants who will give him his share of the crop of the harvest time. So he said he's going to kill those guys that killed his servants and his son, and he's going to rent it out to other people who are actually going to do what they were supposed to do. Now verse 42, Jesus said to them, have you never read the scriptures? Now, right now, he's quoting uh, Old Testament right now. Somebody say old school. Somebody say Jesus is working the word. Amen. Now, he quotes right here the Bible, uh, the Old Testament. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. Now, anybody here know what a capstone is? A capstone is like, you guys ever see those those doors? Uh not doors, but those uh, entryways of like uh, Roman coliseums, right? They're like round and they're made out of brick. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah? It kind of looks like this, but just think about it, round. And in the middle, there's a big uh, uh, stone and it's oddly shaped. It's kind of like a triangle, right? Now that's called the keystone, also known as a capstone. And if you were to remove that keystone, then the whole structure will fall, everything. That one piece of stone, is, it, it's like the same size, it's a triangular shape. It's the keystone. If you remove it, everything will collapse. Okay? A capstone could also be like a, a, a big a, a block of cement right here. And then they build the house around that block, around it. And, they, and that's the centerpiece of it. And that's what holds the structure together, really, for the most part. You understand me? So it's a very important piece of uh, stone, right? It's a very important. The capstone is important. The keystone is important, right? Amen? Okay, so... 
The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. So the stone that people just said, ah, I don't care about, has become the most important stone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in his eyes. Amen. Let's go to uh, verse 43. Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Now, Jesus is no longer storytelling. He's talking to the people now. He's saying, look, therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God, heaven, will be taken away from you and will be given to a people who will produce its fruit. Now, who did I say Jesus was talking to? The Jewish teachers, right? Now, the Jewish people originally were the chosen people of God, okay? They were his chosen special people, and they alone were were supposed to receive heaven, and nobody else, no other culture, okay? It was the Jewish people, and now Jesus is coming after about 4,000 years of existence already, uh, roughly, Jesus goes to them. He's like, look, you Jewish leaders, God had a plan for you. You were supposed to inherit it, but through your hypocrisy, because you don't care about the word that Jesus is telling you and that you're not following. Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God, a.k.a. heaven, will be taken away from you and it will be given to a people who will produce its fruit. He who falls on this stone, and he's talking about the stone that the people rejected that has become the most important stone. He, the person who falls on this stone, will be broken to pieces, but he whom it falls on will be crushed. Verse 45, when the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parables, when they heard his story, when the Jewish teachers heard Jesus' story, they knew he was talking about them. Verse 46, they looked for a way to arrest him. They want, You see how mad they got at him? They were like, how dare you say that? We are God's chosen people. We are God's chosen people. How can you say that to me? They got angry. They got so angry they wanted to arrest the man. They got so angry. In, in other, in other um, uh, chapters, it says that they got so mad they, they just grind their teeth. They were angry at him. They wanted to stone him. They wanted to kill him. That's how angry they were getting because they were so lost in their religious mindset, which some of us here at one point or some other people get so lost saying, I, I go to church. I do this. I'm a good person. I'm going to go to heaven. But really what Jesus is saying, look, that stone that you reject, that you think you're actually picking up and having your back pocket actually fell out at one time. You went back to get it, but you tripped on it and you just said you rejected it and you're going your own way. And they are getting so angry that they wanted to arrest Jesus. Come on, somebody. I need some help preaching. Can I get an amen? Come on, somebody. Verse 46, they looked for a way to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowd because the people held, uh, held that he was a prophet. So Jesus at this time had many followers, okay? He had people following, oh my gosh, this guy has great wisdom, which he does, okay? But they saw him just as a prophet. They don't see him for what he re- who, for who he really is just yet, who I will reveal in just a moment. You see, two things, that need to be pointed out from this parable, from this brief illustrative story that teaches the lesson that we just read. I want to point two things out. I want to point out verse 35. The tendencies 
his servants. They beat one, killed another, and stoned the third. Then he sent other servants to them more than the first time, and the tenants treated them the same way. You see, when Jesus mentions the servants that were beaten, killed, and killed and stoned, he is referring to Jesus talking about the prophets that came and warned the people to get right. Now, when you look in your Old Testament, specifically in the book of Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Daniel, Zechariah, God sends these prophets. Anybody know what a prophet is? Okay, a prophet, for those of you who do not know, is a person who hears messages from God and he, he, he shares it. Okay? But these prophets were special. These prophets were special. Why? Because they weren't just saying something like, oh, God's going to bless you. I heard from God. He told me he's going to bless you. I heard from God that you're going to grow up and be a mighty man of God or something like that, which is all good, which is to encourage us according to uh, the book of Corinthians, right? But look, back then, in the Old Testament prophets, they came and they warned Israel. They warned them. They're like, man, you guys are hypocrites now. You guys are wretched. You guys are poor. You guys don't even know what you're doing. You forsaken God. You left them behind and you're going on your own way. That's what they did. And just like the Jews at this time who are hearing Jesus speak, they're getting angry. They, they trying to arrest him. But these guys took it a little bit further. They actually killed the prophets. You see, he's talking, when Jesus says the servants that were sent from the, from the landowner to the tenants, okay, he's referring to God sending his prophets to Israel, and the, and the, the, the tenants, which is Israel, they killed them, they murdered them, they stoned them, they beat them. This, is, this actually happened, guys. Now, that's what God's referring to. He's trying to teach us a lesson here. Keep this in mind. Let's look, the second thing I want to look at. Verse 37, last of all, he sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to each other, this is here. Come, let us kill him and take his inheritance. So they they took him and threw him out of the vineyard to kill him. Here, Jesus describes himself. You see, it was the owner's son. God's son was sent to us. What did they do? They saw, oh, what did they do? They, they crucified who? They, so they, if you get crucified, you get what? Killed. They killed him. They killed him, guys. He's referring to himself. He's saying, look, this is what's going to happen to me. They don't even realize it yet. They don't know at this time that he's going to get crucified and all this and the other. You understand me? Let me get an Amen. So this parable as a whole describes how Israel rejected Jesus as the Messiah. Who knows what the Messiah is? Anybody? Okay, that's okay, because I'm here going to explain it to you, okay? The Messiah, somebody say Messiah. Somebody say Messiah. So the Messiah is the anointed king, anointed king of Israel, who will set a kingdom and bring peace. Okay, so the, in the Jewish culture, uh, God and all the prophets that prophesied them to get right and stuff like that, they also prophesied about a man, a leader, a king that's going to come and bring pre- peace to the earth and they're going to rule together and there's going to be uh, 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 just a different kingdom and he's going to bring uh, uh, just he's going to bring a new world. Amen? He's going to set everything in order. He's going to bring everything right. And that's who the Jews have been waiting up until this time. They're still waiting for him. You understand me? So he's called the Messiah. Somebody said the Messiah. 
So they're waiting for the Messiah. The Jews, though, keep this in mind, though, the Jews rejected Jesus because Jesus is who? The, the Messiah. He is the anointed king that is going to bring peace on this earth. Because you know Jesus is coming back, right? How many of you guys know Jesus is coming back? He's coming back. Okay, you read the, the book of Revelations, the last book in the Bible. Read all about that. Let it scare you a little bit. Mm. Okay, so look, the Jews rejected Jesus because he failed in their eyes. In their eyes, they're looking at Jesus. He's like, man, this guy failed to do what they expected their Messiah to do. Because what did they expect the Messiah to do? To come and what? Being priest and then, but, but rule with an iron fist to lay it down. Somebody said lay it down. That's what they expected the Messiah to do. Destroy evil and their enemies and establish an eternal kingdom, a forever kingdom with Israel as the premium nation in the world, as the main nation, as the capital of the world, Israel. The prophecies in Isaiah, like I said, and in Psalms chapter 22, describe a suffering Messiah. A suffering Messiah who would be persecuted and killed. But they chose, the Jews at that time, keep in mind, hey, stay with me guys. The Jews at that time decided to, to uh, ignore the prophecies of a suffering Messiah. And they chose to focus on those uh, prophecies that discussed his glorious victories, not his crucif- crucifixion. Because the prophets also prophesied that he would die for us, that he would suffer for us, that he would get beaten for us, right? You guys, you guys, you guys know that? that they prophesied this in the Bible before Jesus even walked on this earth. They talked about a man that's going to be doing this, right? And they decided the Jews were so just focused on this, this man of God, this anointed king that's going to come and bring an iron fist and rule the kingdom that they just ignored those other prophecies. You see? They read about how the Messiah was coming as a conquering king. And they saw Jesus among the people. He came as a humble servant and allowed people to mock him. He allowed people to to make fun of him. People spat on him. People made fun of him. You guys understand me? You guys, you understand what I'm getting at? Amen? Come on, I need some help here. Come on, let's let's wake up here. Come on, somebody. Let me get an amen. Somebody say amen. Somebody say praise God. When I say praise God, you raise your hand. Woo! Somebody say praise God. Woo! Somebody praise God. Woo! Amen. All right. You guys, you guys need some help over there. Let's do it one more time. Somebody say praise God. Woo! One more time. Praise God. Woo! (laughs) Amen. Come on, somebody. I need some excitement in here. I feel like I'm the only one just dancing and talking about Jesus. I will, I will do the electric dance. I'll do whatever I need to do, man. Just look at me, alright? Just look at me. Focus on me. Focus about the words that are coming out of my mouth because these words that are coming out of my mouth are not my own words but the word of God and they will feed you. They will spiritually feed you. They will save you. They will continuously help you. And any time that you need, any time that you're facing troubles in your life, no matter how down you are, no matter how high you are, no matter how fast you're walking or how slow you're running, God is there and His word will save you and His word is pure and glorious. Listen to the word of God. 
Amen. Come on, let's continue on. You see, in Psalms uh, chapter 2, verse 9, you guys don't have to turn there with me, but Christ, it describes Christ ruling the nations with ultimate power. That's a prophecy. That's what they saw. That's what they focused on. It says, you will rule them with an iron scepter. You, uh, you will dash them to pieces like uh, pottery. See, Psalms is prophesying about the Messiah who is Jesus um, ruling with the iron scepter and crushing his enemies like pottery. Like if I had a plate right now, right? Opa, right? And that thing just shattered. I say that's my enemy. I say that's the devil because I make him shatter like that. But you see, they're talking about Jesus, and that's one uh, prophecy that they focused on. Another prophecy that the Jews focused on was the characteristics of the coming king. And that's found in uh, Psalms, chapter 45, verse 6 to 7. Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. Your love, righteousness, and hate, wickedness, therefore, God, your God, has set you above the companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. Now he's talking about Jesus right there. Amen. Another prophecy that they focused on, that the Jews focused on about him being a conquered king was the fact that every knee will bow to the name of the Messiah. Amen. So Isaiah chapter 45 verse 23 says, by myself I have sworn, my mouth I have uttered, in all integrity, a word that will not be revoked before me, says Jesus, says the Messiah. Knee will bow my by my by me every tongue will swear amen come on somebody i'm not talking about cursing i'm talking about swearing you are the lord and savior come on somebody tongues aren't meant aren't meant to swear and say the f-bombs you understand me they're meant to exalt jesus christ so if that's what's coming out your mouth you better get right get a check up from the neck up and realize that god is saying you need to fix your potty mouth and start exalting god amen Woo! I'm getting excited. Come on, somebody. I need some water. Robert, you need to give me that water bottle right there. Come on, somebody. They thought to themselves, this cannot be the Messiah. They saw him being mocked. They saw him uh, being a humble servant among the people, eating with sinners, eating and having, and having dinner with sinners. They're like, this isn't the Messiah. The Messiah is going to come, and he's going to make every knee bow and swear his name. He's going to come and conquer the land they look at him say that's the messiah that ain't him are you kidding me come on somebody and by uh misunderstanding the prophecies i'm talking about the jews still at that time okay by misunder uh, understanding the prophecies the jews began to hate jesus somebody say rejected come on that's not somebody say rejected have mercy lord come on one more time somebody say rejected And they refuse to look at the other side of the scripture about him being a humble king, about him being crucified, about him suffering, being the suffering Messiah. Israel, here's something, I'm going to give you two scriptures. One, it describes Israel not to believe in the Messiah. That's one prophecy that came true for sure. Because at that time, they did not believe that Jesus Christ was Messiah. And that's found in Isaiah Chapter 53, verse 1. Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He's asking, who has believed him? Who's believed, who believed Jesus' message? Nobody. 
They crucified him. See, another prophecy is uh, Israel would reject the Messiah. Not just not believing. The first one is them not believing that he's the Messiah. The other one is them actually rejecting, turning their back on him. And that's found in Isaiah chapter 65, verse 2. All day long I have held out my hands as an obstinate, uh, to an obstinate people who walk in ways not good, pursuing, pursuing their own imagination. God saying, look, I send my Messiah. I set out my hand to a people who is, who their, where their ways are not good. To a people who pursue their own imaginations. To a people who, who think that they can worship other gods. To people who, who make a, 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 a golden statue of some sort of animal and worship it and, and make incense to it. He's saying there's a people that, that, that light incense to a fat dude and say, ah, you know what I mean? And rub his belly and call him Buddha. You understand me? He's saying there's a people that, that go on through their own imagination. Where we can use this parable. People, come on, pay attention on me right now. Right here. This is now I broke down the scripture. I told you what it meant back then. Now let's bring it home. Somebody say, bring it home, Pastor. So we can use this parable as an example to describe how people today continue. To say, somebody say reject. To continue Jesus' name. Or people that continue to reject Jesus, just like the Israel did. Just like the Israelites did. Right? Because they rejected him in this, right? That's why he told that parable. Come on now. Say it with me. So, we're going to bring it home. And I'm going to describe to you how today's church, and I'm not talking about Elevate because Elevate's on fire, amen? Elevate loves the Lord, amen? I'm talking about churches out there, and I'm talking about people as a general. I'm talking about people who do not know God. Those people who supposedly have their religion, who supposedly will go to heaven even though they're having sex before marriage. There are people who think they're going to go to heaven even though they're cursing out a storm and they do it every single day. So I'm talking to a people who continue to sin on a daily basis and don't care. They could care less about what God thinks. They care less about what the Word says. They could care less of whether they're going to go to heaven or earth because they already, or, or hell, rather, because they already think in their head they're convinced that they're going to go to heaven. I'm talking about those people. Okay? Come on, somebody. Many people today show the same attitude. They show the same attitude as the tenants whenever the truth of the Word is revealed upon them. When we come at you, when we come at people witnessing and we, we talk about Jesus to them and we reveal the truth of the gospel, a gospel that they have never heard before or at least a version of, a version of it, you understand me? Like every, 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 everybody believes they're going to go to heaven. Everybody says, yeah, I know who Jesus is. He's that white dude that died on the cross with blue eyes and long hair, right? But when we bring the gospel, the word of God, and we say, brother or sister, you need to become born again in order to inherit the kingdom of God aka heaven in order for you to go to heaven you need to live the lifestyle that this book that i have in my hand tells you to live because it is not just a book it is the word of the living god come on somebody so like the jews like people today like the jews have an attitude whenever the truth of the word is revealed upon them 
like the Jews within the, uh, the time of Jesus' ministry, when Jesus was walking on this earth 2,000 years ago, the same way people today misunderstand Scripture or they refuse to focus on certain Scriptures. They refuse to focus on the fact that they're going to go to hell unless they're born again. They refuse to, uh, to, 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 um, to realize or to believe that, that they're going to go, that they're continue sinning or that they're not right with God if they continue having sex before marriage or smoking that blunt or drinking down that 40 or going to daytimes or, 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 or playing around with your girlfriend or playing around with your boyfriend. You know what I'm talking about now. The Bible talks about it. Amen? And people who reject those scriptures. I'm talking about those people, and like the Jews within the time of Jesus' ministry, people today misunderstand Scripture or refuse to listen to it and begin to hate the truth of God. How many of you guys have been evangelizing before? How many of you guys have been threatened while evangelizing before? Not a lot of hands this time, right? <laughs> I have been threatened, and I think I shared this story with you guys before. I've been threatened, man, I've been threatened to get punched in the face. I got spitting, I got a cigarette thrown, a cigarette blood thrown at me, man. People get so angry when the gospel and the truth is revealed to them. They get so angry. It's just like the Jewish leaders at that time. It ain't no different. They just wear dresses back then. You know what I mean? I mean, come on now. They just have longer hair. They have facial hair. Not like me. I try my best, but I don't have facial hair. It's been two weeks. Okay, you understand me? It's, it's not, it's just, it's just, it might be a different culture, but it's the same sinful nature. And it's the same devil lying to them. You understand me? Come on, somebody. Man. As a result, people who get angry or refuse to listen to the word of God, they walk in ignorance. Somebody say rejected. They rejected the truth. People believe purgatory. How many of you guys heard purgatory before? Purgatory, anybody? Raise your hand if you heard about. See, purgatory is is a, is, a, is it basically it's a Catholic belief. Look, I'm not bashing on the Catholics. The Catholics can be saved. They can be born again as long as they don't worship Mary and the saints. That's okay. They believe in living a holy life. That's cool with me. Amen. That's cool. As long as you don't, if you, as long as you don't worship anybody other than God, because that's what the Bible says, right? Amen. Come on now. I used to be Catholic. I know what it's all about. And purgatory is basically a uh, Catholicism belief that there's a place in the middle when you die. There is hell, heaven, and there's purgatory. And purgatory is that place where you go to first as a second chance, and that's where you get that's where you get cleansed, and that's where you plead your case. And then if God accepts you into heaven, you get a second chance. Okay, come on over. The Bible doesn't say that. Nowhere in the scripture when people say, "I believe," you think you're gonna. Uh, where do you think you're gonna go when you go to heaven or hell? They go, I believe I'll go to purgatory. And I'll be like, really? And I bust out my Bible and I go, I want you right here, but I'm going to give you an hour because I'm here for the next hour witnessing to people. Sit down and just please explain to me where purgatory is sent. Because I read this thing every day. I'm a student of this word. I build my life on this word and I, I can't find it, dude. Maybe you can help me out. Uh, okay. And he opens it and he does one of these things. Uh, index? No purgatory. I don't know, man. I don't know where it's at. I'm like, you want me to tell you? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. After I told him I don't know where it is, I'm like, brother, you can't find it because it's not in the Bible. 
It's not in there. It doesn't speak of purgatory. It only says, look, you're either going to hell or you're going to heaven. It says, live for God here or, or, or live for God here go to heaven or live for the devil here and go to hell. That's it. It's judgment time. When you die, it is judgment time. You understand me? When you die, God's mercy and his love is cut off from your life if you have not been living for him. If you have not been born again, sanctified by the blood of Christ and living for the glory of God. You have second and third and fifty and sixty, seventy, a thousand, affinity, of an infinite amount of chances on this earth while you're still alive. But you don't know when you're going to die. And when you die and you're not living for the Lord, His love, His mercy is gone. It's over with. You understand me? It's done. You guys. Amen? There's people that talk about purgatory. There's people that talk about that hell doesn't exist. You see, people say hell doesn't exist. I'm like, well, do you believe Jesus is a liar? It's like, No! How can you tell me that? Jesus ain't a liar. Jesus talked about hell, dude. He talked about it. He talked. In fact, he talked more about hell than he did heaven. What? No. Show me. Boom. <laughs> Brother, look at this. Look at this. One chapter over. Look at this. Two verses down. Look at that. Huh. In fact, the whole Bible as a whole, when you hold the Bible in your hand, and you read the whole thing, you seem to notice something very distinctive, that it talks more about God's judgment and His wrath than it does His love and His mercy. And if God talked about that, and if Jesus talked about that, who do you think is going to talk about that? We are. Come on, we're going to bring the full gospel. Is Jesus a liar? Then believe in hell. You believe in sin? You believe in saints? Amen. Saints are, are, aren't just apostles or the disciples. Saints are the people who follow the gospel. People who follow the gospel their whole lives and live holy and righteous. I am a saint. Some of you guys here are saints. Amen. The majority of you, man. Praise the Lord. Come on, somebody. Let's focus on verse 42 of Matthew chapter 21. I'm almost done. Oh, my goodness. I'm almost done. Don't worry about it. Another two hours. I promise. I won't go more than two hours. Amen. Sweet. All right. Verse 43 of chapter 21. Let's see, therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. He who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, but he whom it falls on will be crushed. Amen? Sister, I want you to go change, change it to the Amplified Version. There you go. Now, the Amplified Version is just a different version of the Bible. It's just, uh, it adds words in there because in Greek, it's, it's Greek and English. It's just like, man, it's, you know, like one Greek word or one English word or one Greek word needs like five English words to describe it correctly. You understand me? So it, it, the Amplified is just more descriptive, okay? So here we go. It says, and whoever falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, but he whom it falls will be crushed to what? Woo, to powder, and it will winnow him. So winnow, what's winnow? When it's crushed into powder, it's when you grab that powder and you throw it into the air, and it just blows away, scattered him like dust. So when Jesus, you're, you're either you're able, able to be broken, right? The stone will be broken to pieces. I'm sorry, and whoever falls on this, Stone will be broken to pieces, meaning like your life will just change dramatically. You just broken for God and you're living for him. But he whom it falls will. So whoever the stone crushes will be crushed to powder and it will winnow him, thrown into the air, dust, 
scattering him like dust. That's my, that's my God. That's my God. That's who I worship. The God that doesn't mention purgatory. The, the God that talks more about judgment than he does love and mercy. That's my God. And the Bible says to fear my God. Amen? Come on, somebody. See, Jesus says, play, oh my gosh, you see, he says it clear as day in this. Especially in this version right here. He says it clear as day. Those who do not accept Jesus will eventually be broken by him. And those who defy him will be crushed under his judgment. You understand me? So those who defy his word will be crushed under the judgment of God. Why? Why will people be crushed under his judgment? You ever ask me, it's like, man, why is God going to crush me? Why is God going to crush those, those, those sinners? Because God doesn't want a people that will disrespect his word or his way. God wants a chosen generation. He wants people that are going to seek his face. He wants people, he wants people that are not ashamed to get on their knees and cry out to the living God. He wants the generation that will seek after him no matter what he wants a chosen generation he wants you elevate to get up and seek him to pray to him to read about him to talk about him he seeks a chosen generation somebody say chosen generation he seeks his people he seeks his loved ones the bible says that god seeks those who seek him if you seek God, God is seeking you, and eventually you're going to meet, and you're going to have that intimate relationship. You're going to accept them in your life. You need to realize right now that without God, you are nothing. You need to realize right now, get that revelation in your head. Without God, I have nothing. If I'm not serving God, I'm serving the devil. If I'm partying up, I'm serving the devil. If I'm toking up, I'm serving the devil. If I'm drinking up, I'm serving the devil. If I'm doing anything that the Bible does not tell me to do, I am serving the devil. You guys, let's get realistic here. Let's bring the Bible. Let's bring the gospel. It is time. It is time. It is time for a revelation. It is time for our chosen generation to rise up and declare the gospel and scream it out and go reach one, to teach one, to reach another one, to make disciples, to make students of the word, to save the world, to make a difference in your school. And once you accept that gospel, once you accept the calling, when you call, when you receive the calling like Isaiah, one of the prophets that actually prophesied about Jesus, who prophesied the most about Jesus, in chapter 1 you read God saying, who will I send? And Isaiah with his arms wide open, he said, here I am God, send me, send me to the world, because I want to be used by you. That is the type of person that God seeks. Are you one of them tonight? Are you one of them tonight? Tonight elevates. Are you God's chosen? Are you God's chosen generation? Were you chosen to rise up today? Were you chosen? Were you, will you declare the word of the living God? Will you stand up when nobody else is standing up? When nobody wants to listen to you, will you keep on preaching? When nobody it gets saved after you talk to them for hours and hours and days and weeks and months, will you still do it? Will you be willing to be changed for God? Will you be willing to be crushed, broken into pieces for God? Will you allow him to break you? Or will you be crushed into powder? So today's question, come on now. The only question now really is, 
Will you help gather that generation, Elevate? Are you going to be there to help gather the lost? Are you going to be there to help save your friends? Are you going to be like Isaiah and say, God, use me, send me into the world? Are you going to be like them? Are you going to be like Isaiah? Are you going to save your school? Are you going to make a difference in somebody's life? Because that's what God told you to do. Bottom line, are you going to do what God told you to do? Will you be, will you accept the calling of a chosen generation? Or will you be like the Israelites and get angered by what I'm saying tonight? Or will you be like the Jews, Jewish teachers at that time, and ignore him and reject the stone? Today's challenge question. Sister, move that for me, please. Broken or crushed? Will you be broken for God or will you be crushed on his judgment? Will you be crushed into powder, thrown into the air to scatter? Will you be broken? Weep for your friends. Pray for your friends. Pray for your family, for goodness sake. Pray for the loss. Invite your friends. Start making disciples. Start sharing the gospel. Does anybody even know that you're a Christian? Does anybody even know that you're born again? Does any, do, do any of your friends even know the definition of being born again? Will you be a chosen generation that will rise up? Will you be broken for Christ? Will you continue laboring for the Lord? Come on, somebody. Will you continue to go when nobody else is going with you? I'll tell you right now, man. If every leader in here backslides and I'm the only one running on this show and elevate, I will still go. If I backslide or I leave, I know Adam will take my place. I know he's not going to stop. Why? Because we're chosen men of God. You need to accept that call in your life. If nobody else wants to go with you, you need to go. If none of your friends want to be your friends anymore, then you got to leave them. If they make fun of you, if they don't respect your calling, then you got to leave them. If that man in your life ain't respecting your calling, you got to leave him or her. You understand me? Guys, we need to change the city. We need to change Prosser. We need to change Roosevelt. We need to change Sin. We need to change Foreman. We need to change Sirs. We need to bring the gospel. Today, we 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 went we were running this in our, our Roosevelt High School was the bomb, Brown Line Station. We had we had Roosevelt students, Avon Steuben students. They came, and we had a group of students just just mocking us, just saying, "Is smoking weed a sin?" Yes, it is, son. Come on now. No, it's not. <laughs> and walked away, looking like an idiot. The Bible calls you a fool. The Bible calls you stupid. I'm talking about, I'm saying real words. The Bible calls you a fool and it calls you stupid. You understand me? That's the word of God. Guys, will you witness those people? Even though they mock you? Guys, I get mocked everywhere I go. I get, I, even at work sometimes. I get called priest boy or church boy. And I just look at them. You're darn right. You're darn right. And I don't go anywhere without my Bible. I look at him and I'm like, you darn right, son. And I slam that thing on my station. Don't you forget that. And I walk away. 
chest all puffed up. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Don't you forget that. <clears throat> you know? <laughs> Looking tough. That's right. Walk away. Mm, a little extra pep in my step. You understand me? Man, see, guys, you are it. Elevate, you're it, man. You, you are the generation. Somebody say, I am the generation. Come on, say it like you up to that. Say it. Say, I am the generation that called, called me to be. I am. Come on, louder. The generation that God called me to be. One last time. I am the generation that God called me to be. Romans chapter 10 verse 14. How then can they call on the name on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one who have they have not heard of? How can they hear without somebody preaching to him? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? Elevate. Soldiers, men and women of God, if you declare yourself saved, born again, and redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, and you want your school to be saved, and you want to be that chosen generation, how can they hear without someone preaching to them? I do my job, and I do it well. Are you going to do yours? Will you be that chosen generation? Come on, somebody. Adam, if I could have you on the guitar, all eyes closed on right now. Come on. Father God, I thank you for your word. Father, I thank you for a chosen generation before me, Lord Father. You have heard their prayers. You know what they're thinking. You know the conviction in their hearts, oh God. And I pray, Father, that you deliver. That you, that you show them, that you open their eyes, oh God, to what your gospel really has to say, Lord. I pray that you open their eyes, Lord, to who you really are.